Well, the wheels keep spinning and our smiles keep grinning. It's another year of Pod Fast and Pod Furious. I'm Davis. I'm Chance. And this is our very first episode of 2019. Hello, hello. Year two. Year two of P Fast and P Fur. P Fur. Into the into the into the blue. fast verse into the blue into the blue. Um, we're going right back to it. Yeah, we're almost at a whole year's worth of episodes. Fifty-two episodes, right? This would probably be what fifty or something. Because we like started that. in January of last year. Yeah, and uh, so probably the the mini sode we were dropping two days before this on Tuesday. That'll be New Year's Day. Yep. That'll probably be us describing. Uh, what our schedule and our plan is for 2019, but as of the right roadmap. now, yeah, the roadmap, yeah, there you go. It, it's got to, it's always got to tie back into the fast verse. We got to come up with a glossary, a glossary <laughs> of terms, yes, an index. We need like a character list, so you guys like biographies where we for, write the bios. <laughs> yeah. Um. Wow. 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 New year. New year, new us, new thrusts. Yeah, because I've, I've been teaching you some sex moves. Yep. We've been going to town. Uh, I brought some dolls over. You quit drinking. You lost all this weight. Yep. And your sex life has just gone through the roof. Yeah. That, well, that's what I was going to talk about. I was going to say, uh, is there anything uh, you did in 2018 that you were uh, proud of or happy about? Or uh... no, not really. <laughs> I was. Yeah, my voice was already quivering with laughter. As <laughs> I, I didn't do a you. goddamn thing. Yeah. Um, I personally, I, uh, I sobered up. I'm almost. I'll be six months sober by the time you hear this. Hell yeah, half a year. Uh, lost a ton of weight. Yeah. Uh, what are you at? Like forty something now? Forty five as of the other day. Goddamn. Freshen up the wardrobe. Pounds just Been fucking melting off. Balling out. Yes, my resolution for 2019 is just to uh, start sucking some tits and fucking some chicks. <laughs> hey, that's a solid resolution. <laughs> That's, uh, I did for 2017, I did a book a week, and then this past year... Did you do year, it? You, you pulled it off? Almost. I, I was, uh, I think, like, 15 books short. I started reading some, like, Thick Daddies at the uh, end, you okay. know? yeah, you gotta stick to, like, the goosebumps and yeah, stuff exactly. you knock them out in a week. Um, but, uh, this year I was trying to do a movie a day, Ooh. and right now I'm at 302. So I'm not I'm not gonna make so you got, it. You got but, a couple weeks to watch about sixty movies. Yep, but I'm pretty close. I mean, I'm happy with like hitting the three hundred threshold. I watched four in a day the other day. I think that those have like, those have been like what kept me afloat. Is the, days the multiples, where it, yeah, yep. loading up. I, it fried my brain. I can't do it. I try to just stick to like one per day. But uh, shit, if I were to check my letterbox, I think it says I'm at like four hundred on the year. God damn. Which is because there's been days I've doubled up. Yeah, I've hit some double features at the movie theater. Yeah, uh, there'll be days like where I'll watch one in the morning, and then I'll come over here and watch something. Or yeah. we'll watch two movies here. Yeah, then I'll go home and watch another one. That's uh, I planned on watching a movie last night after Aquaman, but when we were leaving Aqua, or while we were getting snacks for Aquaman, you fucking revealed to me that Documental Season Two was season on Amazon two Prime. Two on Amazon. Wow, you guys got to check this out. So I was Holy up until hell. like three a.m. watching all the episodes. This show. If you've never heard of it, it's a Japanese game show hosted by this dude, Matsumoto, yep. who's like a very famous comedian in Japan. Uh, he's part of a comedy duo called Downtown, and uh, the name of the the show hosted by Downtown is called like Gaki no Sukai or something. It's a variety show they do every every week. And so they created this reality show called Documental, where... Essentially, they pit ten comedians against each other. They stick them in a room for six hours, and the rule is pretty simple. You laugh, you're out. And they're competing for ten million yen. Ten million yen, which yeah. I think... It's like 80,000 80, something 80, in there. 80,000 American dollars. I yeah. mean, you got to put your own money in, so there's a stake in it. Yeah, you, know? you bring your, your own million right. yen. And then, you you know, you get the title of winner of documental if you win, so that's... Uh, which so I imagine... They him a jacket, the guy yeah. who won season two. So which I imagine cool. it would help their, like, comedy careers as well. Like. Yeah, that's got to be a big thing. I got my dick sucked with a vacuum on documental, <laughs> and all I got was this red jacket. Got my balls rearranged. <laughs> I was uh, in fucking tears during that episode. Oh yeah, it's it's very binge worthy. It's only what five episodes. Yeah, you, you like knock that. it out in an afternoon. Check it out. Watch it. That's I think the the ball vacuum for season two was for me the uh, the anal Olympics of season yeah. one. Oh man, you guys don't know what you're in for. That guy got booted so quick he never got to bring anal Olympics back. I know, and he just lost on such a. 
it's amazing how quickly the it was like concentration the break. Yep. Like, the littlest, it was barely even a joke, and he just chuckled at it, and then like caught himself five yeah. seconds later. Oh wait, yeah, I you laughed. saw I'm the out. look yeah. on his face. He's like, "Fuck." Well, then the, there was like the thing with the microwave where uh, the guy Fujimoto comes over, <laughs> and uh, he's like, "What? It's not a five hundred watt." The guy goes, "No, a two hundred watt." And he goes, "Oh, then it's broken. It won't work." <laughs> and then for some reason, that made him laugh. Yeah, dude. And he got a warning for that, and then they just kept hammering him about the two hundred watt, two hundred yep. watt. And you can see him biting his cheeks. Yeah. And it's, uh, the one dude who went out laughing at Jimmy, like, refusing the towel, his, like, holding back laughter was amazing. Like, his chin would quiver so hard. Yeah. There's a lot of laughs to be had watching someone trying not to laugh. Yep. Wow, imagine that. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Them them Japanese, they know how to put on a good television. You got any resolutions for 2019? Uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't figured that out yet. I think, honestly, it's probably just going to be to, like, finish the book that I'm working on. Mm. That I'm... I'm at like fourteen thousand words right now. Oh so, man, how many yeah. how many chapters is that? Uh, three. That's <laughs> <laughs> what's the night? <laughs> yeah, three in a prologue. Oh well, it's like twenty five pages, like printed out. Oh, okay, okay. But I'm aiming for like somewhere around like ninety thousand to like one ten words. Hot diggy so, dog. Yeah. What is this? Some nano remo shit? Yep. That's exactly it. Give us the broad strokes. What is it? It's a fantasy? Yeah, it's a fantasy okay. novel. Um, this guy's into swords and sorcery. I am. And witchcraft and wizardry. I just dragons I, flying around. I just and... finished the seventh Harry Potter book yesterday, mm. and I felt very empty afterwards. Mm. Great series. But uh, no, I don't, I don't want to... Wait, why'd you feel empty? It's just like... Because there's no more. Oh. I'm done. Well, they put out, there's a Fantastic Beast movie. There's I watched Fantastic it. Fantastic Beast 2. Yep, I gotta go see it, because now uh, I know who the Grundle Man is. <laughs> the Grundle. <laughs> the Grundle Demon. The I know crime, about the... <laughs> the crimes of the Grundle Demon. <laughs> I know about the Grundle Demon, so I got my history in place. Now I need to see it. Hey, J.K. Rowling, how about this? Fantastic Breasts and How to Suck Them. Yes. Oh my god, what a porno. Light them up. Mm. Green light that. Starring uh, Eddie Redbush. Instead of red yeah. yeah, I got it. Yeah. Porno nice. names, baby. Porno and just Colin names. Farrell can just come in and be Colin Farrell with his big, yeah. massive Irish cock. The greatest porn star of all time. One and done. Yep. Knocked him out. MVP and only, uh, uh, what are some other greats like that? Like the guy who directed The Night of the Hunter. One movie. Dropped the mic. Well, actually, they wouldn't let him work again because the movie bombed so hard. <laughs> Poor guy. And then it, it's an all-time classic. Everybody loves it. So you never know what you got until it's gone. Yep. I hear that. That's a song, I think. County Crows. Yep. Big Yellow Taxi. Yep. <laughs> uh, what about you? Your resolution just uh, to get pussy? Yeah, pretty much. It's a good I usually resolution. don't make any resolutions, but uh, ladies, call me if you're listening. <laughs> Help him complete his resolution. You don't want him to <laughs> I, fail. I could knock it out first day of 2019. Yeah, you'd just be done. Right? One and done. Yeah, exactly. Night of the Hunter style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be exactly like the director of the Night of the Hunter <laughs> if I fucked one chick on January 1st, 2019, and then never fucked again. <laughs> That was it, dude. That's it for my life. Yep, you're done. Mm-hmm. That, back to that vow of celibacy where I trekked up a mountain and yelled into a cave and a monk took my dick juju away. <laughs> I was picturing uh, The Shadow starring Alec Baldwin where, like, he goes and, like, lives in a monastery at the beginning. Or they, like, find him in a monastery at the beginning mm. and then he, like, trains and learns how to become The Shadow. Kind of like uh, Rambo, th- was it three? Yeah, yeah, or, kind of. Or MacGruber. Or MacGruber. Starring Powers Booth. Oh, yeah, Powers Booth is in yeah. yeah. God. God bless Powers That would be the only disappointment in a MacGruber 2 is the lack of There's booth. no booth. I mean, that's going to be the big disappointment of uh, Deadwood. Yeah. The movie. There's no booth. Well, they said that they honor him in some way. That's cool. Script, so well, they better honor... Uh, fuck, I can't think of his name. The the mongoloid that worked with... Uh, Richardson. Far- yeah, Richardson. Dude. You were all about Richardson that last time you rewatched it. You <laughs> That's fucking still... rambling about Richardson <laughs> dude, for 20 he's the minutes. God. That's still my uh, Twitter like header picture. Is Richardson like giving the finger gun? Well, that was a thumbs up. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, this fucking old guy. It was before they stopped you from taking uh, stills on your phone. When, like, watching HBO Go and shit. Oh, yeah. Those fuckers. Well, what are, what is we watching today? Well, pals, folks. What we decided to do before uh, we... Because we're going to redo the entire Fast series in the build-up to Hobbs and Shaw. Yep, got to. And that comes out about six and a half months from now. I think end of July. I think the last week yeah. of July is Hobbs and Shaw. So we got to squeeze in eight movies by then. 
So we might have to like do a couple back to back, but between each movie, what we want to do is, uh, for this first one, I wanted to trek all the way back to a little film from 1955. We're talking about real cinema pictures here. Back when they was making them, uh, when you pull up to the drive-in with your best girl and uh, eat a eat a ice cream sundae and uh, 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 finger blaster over to the over the top of her panties. Her large lace uh, white panties while... Slide into the back seat and you're necking away with your girl. Watching a a 1950s picture about uh, giant ants crushing a city or whatever. (laughs) You know, go down to the uh, malt shop. (sighs) Uh, uh, Sort of like uh, Paul Walker at Pleasantville. Hey, we can watch Pleasant. We, I haven't seen it, so you've never seen Pleasant. No, there's there's oh, some uh, there's yeah. some movies that I, I want to put on the list this year that like I have never seen. One of the, one of the one of the uh, the most famous producers of these B pictures, these uh, these old old timey uh, <laughs> grind <laughs> driving uh, double features and uh, the uh, grindhouse pictures. Well, his name is Roger Corman. Yep, Roger Corman. Corman. And he, for the second time ever producing a movie, produced a little film called The Fast and the Furious. Yep. What? That title sounds familiar. You know why? Because this is also the name of the title they used for the film called The Fast and the Furious, starring Vin Diesel and Paul Walker and Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez and Matt Scholes and uh, 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 Stephen, what was his name? Rick Yoon. Rick Yoon. And uh, uh, Ted Levine. And all the all the other actors that were in the Fast and, and Rob Furious. Cohen is a pizza delivery yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, go home, pizza boy. Streets closed, and they did that in two thousand one. But this happened all the way back in nineteen fifty five. What? Well, and the fact that I found out uh, about how they got the title to use for it is the producer uh, apparently traded stock footage for the title. The producer of the original 55 Fast Neil, and Furious was like... Neil, Neil H. Moritz, yeah, Neil H. Moritz and Roger Corman got together, meeting of the minds. Yep, and Morris was like, here, I got some stock footage that you'll like at your retirement home, you 90-year-old fuck. <laughs> and he was like, alright, you can have the title. And uh, Roger Corman never saw one goddamn red cent, probably, for the no, Fast and the Furious series. He just got stock footage. Hey, that's <laughs> the way Corman works, baby. He probably threw that into some green screens... He thought it was like lost. It was like stock footage from one of his old pictures, and he thought it had always been lost. And you know, he he got it returned to him. He, yeah, he's living out his glory days. Is Roger Corman dead now? No, he's like ninety five. Holy shit! Yeah, he's, Jesus. he's fucking old as shit. Legend, fucking legend, dude. He's probably like feeble, shaking around and stuff. But the star of this movie, John Ireland, was yeah. it John Ireland? Yeah, John Ireland. Yeah, he uh, he died in the nineties. Ninety two, I saw. Yeah. yeah. Wow, um, and he was uh, he was Oscar nominated for his work in uh, was it All the President's Men? Yeah, and he was in uh, Spartacus, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, and he did a bunch of westerns, mm-hmm. like, uh, Red River, and, and this shit was actually like his first directing gig. He co-directed this one. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Wow, a lot of film history in this. <clears throat> who would have ever thought? If you were listening to this podcast in 2018, who who would have ever thought? Wow, these guys, I bet in the new year that they're going to go all the way back in time, back to when movies was invented in the 1950s, when they was black and white, mm-hmm. and start coming up with all kinds of Hollywood knowledge to drop upon us. Yep. These guys are practically, you know, USC uh, graduate film historians. Just expanding your brains. You know, uh, t- going to uh, Columbia University for their uh, post-grad, becoming uh, doctors of film theory. Yep. You know. I'm sitting here. I'm smoking a friggin' pipe right now. I got my smoking jacket on. He's got his smoking jacket, but he's not smoking. I got my drinking jacket on. I'm smoking a pipe. He's got his smoking jacket on. And I'm drinking. But it's a a super fancy beer. It's not a cold Miller can of light. No, I would never be caught dead drinking a Miller light. It's friggin' Stella Artois. (laughs) Yep, out of a crisp, uh, frosty goblet. goblet. It's a goblet. He's drinking out of a goblet while wearing a smoking jacket. Yep. I'm smoking a pipe while wearing a drinking jacket. I've got my finest monocle in, polished. It is, it's beautiful Gold monocle. rimmed monocle. Gold rim. Poil rimmed. <laughs> Does that monocle have a glare protection? Uh, yeah, it's polarized. Okay, Polar- nice. My polarized gold rimmed monocle. 
It's like, uh, you know those glasses that dorks would wear in school where, uh, you know, it's normal glasses and they go outside and they, and they sun, turn into yeah. sunglasses? And then That's it what always, monocle does. It always drove me nuts. They'd, like, come in for, like, lunch or something, and it's like, it would take, like, the whole class for them to turn back to regular I know, like, man. Those were the most inefficient fucking things. Nah, like, yeah, you gotta get the fucking clip on yep, to go on the top. Down. Yeah, Hell those yeah. are awesome, dude. Hell Looking yeah. like you're at a fucking NASCAR race. Exactly. Ready to pound some cores. Yep, and that's what you want to look like if you're not film theorists like Dave and I. Right. Yeah. We're fancy. Yeah, if you're one of the, you know, regular plebs of society, then get your clip on for yeah. your glasses and drink your cores. And wander around, you know, fucking with your finger up your butt. Not knowing nothing about uh, John Ireland or Roger Corman or any of those fancy old fucking dudes. Yep. You know, back when the goddamn Three Stooges was making movies and the Marx Brothers. Yep, back when you could just fuck a 16-year-old and no complaints, get away with it. And then, honestly, that went on for a while because Paul Walker would fuck 16-year-olds and get away with it. And yeah. Nobody seemed to care until he died and a documentary came out. And we made a podcast about it and we busted the fucking case wide open. Yep, we, uh, we were on the scene breaking the news. Mm-hmm. And they took our podcast and ran with it in uh, woke culture. Yep. They freaking canceled Paul Walker posthumously. And that's the T. Yep. He's canceled, sis. He got his uh, he got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame just drilled up, yep. taken away. He chiseled it off yep. and fucking threw it in the Pacific Ocean. Yep. It's floating down there with Osama bin Laden. Yep. yep. Clonked him on the fucking head. Osama was coming back as an Osambi. He was swimming up. He's like, I'm going to uh, swim back up and complete the caliphate. And the fucking Paul Walker star clonked him right on the head and knocked him out. And we know, him. we know if there's one way to kill zombies, especially Osama zombie, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you gotta go for the head. Yep, knocked his fucking turban right off. <laughs> <laughs> it was so waterlogged, it didn't give any cushion to <laughs> yeah, protect yeah, it. No, it just, like, evaporated instantly. <laughs> it's like soaking toilet paper in fucking water. Yep. Um... Anyway, what were we talking about? Being fancy or something? I can't remember. Uh, if, you, if you're new to the show, you said, hey, I want to jump in year two. Welcome. Uh, this is what we do. <laughs> we talk about the mental image of a zombie. <laughs> Man, killing me. That's a real movie. Really? Oh, zombie? Yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah, it was like a DTV uh, horror movie. Oh, I'm zombie. gonna be. I'm gonna be. I think it's like Seal that. Team Six has to go back and kill zombie Osama who's like living in the caves. Or oh, some shit. that's amazing. So somebody saw the Human Giant sketch. Of Osama, Osama bin, bin Diesel. Yeah, and uh, they were like, "Oh, if he was a zombie, that's relevant to our interests on this podcast. We could maybe do a whole mini so about could. the Human Giant sketch, Osama bin Diesel." Yep. <laughs> If you haven't seen the sketch, Vin Diesel is bitten by a radioactive Osama bin Laden. Yeah, he goes hunting him because he realized that people like him when he's a badass and he beats people up. Right. But after he accidentally beats up a regular good person fan, he realized that it's only when he beats up bad people. So yeah. he thinks, who's the baddest person in the world? And he goes and finds Osama bin Diesel, or Osama bin Laden. And yeah, he grows a beard and a love of caves. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the Fast and the Furious, let's dig in. Let's yeah. Let's get to let it. Let me sharpen my fucking knives and my fucking forks, and let me dive in. What are you drinking over there? Oh, it's just another uh, Stella Artois. Pouring it. You pouring it. Let me hear the pour into your goblet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you were gonna dump it into your mall, weren't you? It was gonna spill all down the front of your shirt. Exactly. Disgusting. <laughs> you're a fucking animal. Uh, you know what? You you're not. It's 2019. You're a new year. You stopped it. You stopped it. Yeah. You didn't. You I didn't, thought about you didn't it. Dump it down your face, your uh, gullet, and, yeah. uh, and you know I, what? And I, I didn't, applaud that. I didn't start the show drunk as shit. I'm right. actually. Yeah, I'm having beers. Yeah, during you're it. easing your way into it. That's uh, that's impressive. Yeah, you know, new year, new me. Um, here's your movie info. We 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 often go to Rotten Tomatoes because they've got it all. They're just a a great database for info. I mean, yeah, except- if you've never heard of this site, um. We actually invented it. Yeah, we're the founders of the Rotten Tomatoes. The rotten toma- toma- Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Because we, we were, we're calling fancy. it Tomatoes, and then uh, we got to Columbia University wearing our drinking jacket and our smoking jackets. You know, smoking and we learned that it's properly tomato. Tomatoes. And right. so that was like probably like the only one thing that anybody actually taught me at the school. Yeah. Because the rest of it, I came in there, and I freaking knew everything. I mean, we were going in there, and we were just, like, kicking the professors out, and we're like, we'll teach this class yeah, from here. We got this. Professor. What was that first class we were in? It was, like, uh, gender studies in uh, 
uh, in 1980s film or yeah, something. Yeah, and this fucking lady professor just thought she knew it all, and mm-hmm. we said, hold on, broad, get the fuck yeah. out of here, we'll take it from here. Yeah, what's a broad doing teaching about 1980s film? <laughs> yeah, you don't know anything. Classically the most friggin' masculine, macho uh, decade of filmmaking ever. Exactly. 19- you're a woman, you're gonna try and tell right. me about Arnold Schwarzenegger's muscles? I don't think so. First of all, the first thing I did, I stopped her, because she said 1980s, and I said, excuse me, this is Columbia Postgrad University. It's 1980s. Yep. Got her. Uh-huh. And immediately, once I burned her on that, she, like, she had it out for me, and she was calling me out every yep. friggin', every friggin' second, because I was like, what's the best, she was like, what's the, what's the best love story of the 1980s of movies? And I said, well, obviously, weird science where two horny nerds create a, a human sexual woman yeah. in a lab. Just to fuck. Just to f- turn into their fuck plaything. Yep. And I said, what's more romantic than that? Creating the ideal woman with your brain. Exactly. You know? Because men have the best brains. Right. I mean, I've never heard of a movie where a woman has a powerful enough brain to create a human being in a lab. No. You know, unless it's like in this uh, whole feminist wave of filmmaking of 2018. Right, like new wave feminism. Remaking what no. women want. I say, yeah, I say going all the way back to friggin' Dr. Frankenstein. Yep. It's always been man's creation of, I mean... I mean, have you ever heard of a, a female Dracula's? Right. No. No. Have you ever heard of a female Frankenstein monster? No. no. Is I have you ever heard of a woman playing God? No. The saying is man playing God. Exactly. You, you ever heard of a fucking female werewolf? I don't think so. No. Because a female werewolf would be in friggin' heat all the time. Uh huh. It's just like it's she full would, moon and her like wolf pussy is blooding. Yeah, wolf. Budding? I said blooding. Blooding. Her wolf pussy would be blooding. She would have her ass up in the air waiting yep. for a regular manly wolf man. Exactly, like a right. Benicio Del Toro come, like type. A, yeah, Benicio type. Uh, Lon Chaney. T- was he yeah. a wolf man? Yeah, I believe so. The wolf man. Um, like uh, the howling. Like uh, Michael Paré and Bad Moon. Yes. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael Pere yeah. is a goofy motherfucker. Oh, you met, you worked with him, right? Yeah, I've worked with him. Oh, yeah. What, what did you work on him with? Oh, uh, well, he announced the fight for uh, when oh, I fought Raging Uba. Bowl, yeah. yeah. But then he also played, like, a cop in uh, Rampage. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And literally, he showed up on the set of Rampage. I had to interview Well, I didn't have to. He just kept insisting that I interview him, even though he was, like, literally a day player, just getting, like, shooting yeah. for the day. Right. And uh, literally, the first thing he says to me is, like, Oh, you're the guy who fought Uva. Oh, you put on some weight. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> what a dick. You too, you fat old fuck. I was reading, I watched, uh, Walter Hill's Streets of Fire a while back, and it's, uh, Michael Pere and, um, Rick Moranis are in that. Hell yeah. And apparently, Michael Pere couldn't keep up with Rick Moranis. Like, Moranis was just fucking jabbing at him and joking on him the yeah, whole time. Cause Moranis is a real actor. And Pere, his, uh, description of Rick Moranis was, He's some little fucking dweeb who couldn't get laid in a whorehouse with a fistful of 50s. <laughs> Except the guy stopped acting because he had kids. Yeah, he plows, dude. <laughs> he honey, was married, bro. Honey, honey, I had the kids. Yeah, exactly. Get a grip, Michael. Right, yeah. One of you had a great career. One of you, not so much. Yeah, one of you was in fucking Brewster's Millions. <laughs> and one of you wasn't. <laughs> yeah, so, so ask yourself who, Smoke on that, motherfucker. Right. Uh, here's your description of the Fast and the Furious. And we've often found these Rotten Tomatoes descriptions are very weird, so... Uh, yeah, we gotta hire some new writers for that. Right. Well, this one's written by a different guy than normal. This is written by a guy named Bruce Etter. You better crush it, Bruce. Let's see, let's see what or Bruce I'm gonna does. I'm terminate your internship. Frank Webster, John Ireland. Okay, correct so far. Yeah, so far correct, so good. So far so good. Is a man on the run. Wow, still good. Yeah, he is. All right. Newly broken out of prison. No. No. Escaped. Yeah, he escaped. He's an escape convict. Right. He was not broken out. This is not a fucking, uh, this is not Michael Schofield and, uh, Lincoln Burroughs. Yeah, this man. Prison break on Fox. Yeah. Yeah, um. This man broke himself out. Right. The former truck driver and convicted murderer takes Connie Adair, Dorothy Malone, Hostage at a lonely roadside diner and commandeers her car. A racing job. What is this? A racing job than she intended to drive in a rally? A uh, racing job that she intended to drive. Oh, uh, wait, what? what? Is that? See, commandeers her car. A racing job than she intended to drive in a rally. So it should be like her car. A, 
He could just say commandeers her racing car that she intended to drive in a rally. Yeah, God. I don't know what this is. A racing job. I am terminating your unpaid Bruce? internship. Fucking Bruce, dude. That son of a bitch. Uh, Bruce is worried about the pervert. I'm black. <laughs> 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 Fucking Bruce. Fucking Bruce. At first, Connie is as frightened as any woman should be in such a situation, but she soon sees that Frank is more than a wanted criminal. He's an innocent man trying to redeem his life and forced by circumstance to commit acts of violence. Soon the two are on the run together, lovers and fugitives using the cover of the road rally as a dodge so he can get to the border and freedom. Connie tries to convince Frank to stake stake us. Ugh, come on. Get yourself together, Davis. It's 2019. You're supposed to be a new man. New year, new you. Work on your linguistics. How are you ever going to graduate uh, summa cum laude, Columbia postgrad, with a degree in film theory of a doctor without working on your fucking linguistics, And dude? how are you going to eat the pussy good if your tongue right. ain't working for yeah. words? Because, what was it, Sam Kennison, the comedian who yelled a lot, Yep, he said to lick the alphabet into her pussy, and that would do the job good. Yeah. And we take our sex tips from comedians. Comedians. Because there's nobody better at fucking than a funny guy. Just ask Rick Moranis. (laughs) Nice. Connie tries to convince Frank to take a stand, get the evidence out that framed him, and redeem his honor as the authorities close in on the fast-driving pair. The second movie ever produced by Roger Corman. Hey, we already said that fact, Bruce. Yeah, we're already ahead of you. Right, film theorists. Go back to worrying about the pervert. Film theorists. The Fast and the Furious marked the first release of Samuel Z. Arkoff and James H. Nicholson and the beginning of their American Releasing Corporation, soon to be renamed American International Pictures. Wow. So this is this is a big deal, man. This was a, this was a career launcher. Mm-hmm. This was 1955 before they even figured out that uh, cars driving fast on movies was fucking awesome looking. Exactly. They're like they're like 30 years is, ahead of yeah, their, 20 is, years ahead of their this time. This is pre-bullet. Yeah. This is pre-vanishing point. This is pre-Gone in 60 Seconds original, not the Nick Cage one. Yep. But also, it's pre-that one, too. It is pre-that's that a remake of the earlier old one, the old one. Yep. This is pre-Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. This is pre-what's another famous movie where a car drives fast? Were there any fast cars in Dirty Harry? Dirty Harry, Crazy Mary, Dirty Larry. <laughs> um, oh, Fuck, I haven't seen Dirty Harry anymore. What's the Dirty Harry one with the RC car? Oh, I think that's a Deadpool. Deadpool? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> hey, guys, it's me freaking Deadpool. I You're going to bust your nuts. <laughs> I used to, uh, Walmart had, like, all of those movies on sale for, like, five bucks on DVD, and I bought them all and just, like, binged them one oh, weekend. Yeah? Hell it's yeah. It's fucking awesome, dude. It was just a weekend of Clint yeah. kicking ass. God, Clint, dude. Check out the Mule in theaters now. It, I mean, maybe it still is. I don't know. Today is January 3rd, but we're recording this. If you guys want to know how early we record these ahead, it's December 16th. 2018. We're coming at you from the past. How crazy is that? Yeah, talking to you in the future from the past. We can see the future. What celebrities have died between now and the time this comes out? Harrison Ford wrecked a plane and died. (laughs) Jesus, that's dark. (laughs) Again? Yeah, a third third plane crash. Yeah. No, honestly, I'm just, uh, I'm calling that one just so uh, they can't do an Indiana Jones with his old ass as Ah, Indiana Jones. This is wishful thinking. Yeah, exactly. Wishful thinking that Harrison Ford dies, so they can't make a, <laughs> a movie that you can just ignore. <laughs> it's all part of the film theorist's mind. Uh, keeping with the pilot theme, I like to think that Sully Sullenberger died because the birds got revenge. Okay, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The pilot? The pi- yeah, the pilot. The Clint Eastwood movie. Right. Directed by Clint Eastwood starring Tom Hanks about a pilot. Who used his plane to murder birds with the engines? And that's do sometimes just some baseball players use balls to murder birds. Some mm-hmm. pilots use Randy planes Johnson, to murder birds. Good friend of the show, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson. Yeah, still waiting on that biography. <laughs> that thirty for thirty about the goddamn bird, <laughs> Clint Howard as Randy Johnson in the reenactments. Yeah. Oftentimes, like we have Randy locked up out back, chained up in the yard, yeah. like. Uh, like that giant uh, bowling ball dog from Super Mario 64, the first level. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, at the end of Shaun of the Dead where he keeps his zombie friend yeah, locked up in the shed. Out Ed out in the shed, but we keep Randy Johnson out uh, behind the shed and he's just got to throw baseballs at birds. That yep. we just 
Often we'll go out fishing for birds in the forest. I'll go out. Lake. I'll pop open some some crisp uh, Stella Artois. <laughs> right. Bring him a basket of baseballs and say, "You better hit them birds, Randy." Right. How do you catch the birds? That's uh, that's what I've always been wondering because it was my job to catch Randy. Right. Right. Um, you know, I go out. I go out to the creek and mm-hmm. uh, I bring some nets. And I put them up in the tree, and then I put breadcrumbs all over the fucking forest floors by the creek. <laughs> like and, Hansel uh, and Gretel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all the birds come to eat the, the bread, and then I just drop the net on them. Oh, wow. Predator style. Exactly. Is that what, what that's, influenced that's it? The that's the inspiration. That's where you got the idea? That's amazing. That's pretty much exactly how I caught Randy Johnson. Using breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs and everything. <laughs> He's quite bird-like, if you haven't seen his frame, his physical frame. I think that's why he has such a distaste for birds. Yeah, right. He's, uh... It's very self-loathing of him. mm -hmm, Yeah, well, because what I think he is, he's like a bird man created by Dr. Frankenstein. Exactly. He was created by Dr. Frankenstein in a lab, a mix of, like, a stork and a human man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Put put their genetics together. Almost like the fly. Yeah, like a brundle fly. Exactly. Put a man and a bird into two machines and out came Randy Johnson. <laughs> and it's just that, it's that wing, dude. That's why he could throw so fast. Exactly. It's like he had the wing power behind it. He's got he that like real wind-up. Mm-hmm. The Fast and the Furious. Uh, there's two critic reviews of The Fast and the Furious on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, though. baby. You want to hear them? What's its uh, score on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to guess... 38%. There is no tomato meter Oh, score. God There is an audience score of 46%. Though. Okay. Uh, here's your two reviews. Dennis Schwartz of something called Ozus's World Movie Reviews gave it a C plus and called it an uninvolving minor crime drama. Okay. Uh, Stefan Bergier Stefansen of SBS.is. I don't know. This uh, some kind of... Dot uh, is... Iceland or something? Yeah, I I mean, Stefan Stefansson, yeah, yeah, that looks like Icelandic or something. Somewhere Nordic. Uh, His review is just the word crap. (laughs) 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 And he gave it 1.5 out of 4. He really, really loved it. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say it was crap. No, it wasn't. Uh, I was I was moderately engaged through it. Yeah, it's it's a B movie of like you know yeah. it was a B movie of what B movies were in the fifties, right? And it's uh, black and white, obvi. You know, it almost um, reminds me. It's like something like like Locke would be today. Locke. Yeah, isn't that the one where the dude's like in the car the whole time? You're talking about Tom Hardy. Yeah. Oh yeah, where he's talking about. Uh, well, we've got a, a great, uh, uh, we're going to invest in making some concrete pillars. Yeah. And I, uh, honey, I'm, I, I have to, I cheated on you. I know you're having your baby at the hospital now. Yep. And something like that. Or, uh, hello, I'm Colin Firth. <laughs> Does sound so, more Firth. Yeah, that's more Firthy. But, uh, yeah, I imagine it's like <laughs> kind of like in that, that bracket of lock. movies, you know. I don't know. That was an interesting pool. I wouldn't have expected you to come up with a lock. I don't know. It was the first thing that came know, to my, yeah. my mind, you know. Is it all the green screen footage of these uh, two driving around, John Ireland and Malone Lady? Yeah, I think it just it, it clicked them That's together for me. clicked in your brain. Yep. Um, yeah, it's very much a B-movie. Uh, there's some cool, like, real driving footage. They got real race cars driving around, but that doesn't really come till the end. Yeah, there's a cool wreck they, at the end. Yeah, they save it. They, they save it. They build up to the cum shot. Yeah, which exactly. Is, which is what I'll be doing in 2019 when I fuck my one woman. Yep, saving up for the cum shot. Um, so let's, let's a lot run of people, this. A lot of people talking funny. A lot of cops. Yeah, old-timey talk. Yeah, old-timey talk, old-timey cars. Uh, pretty much exactly what you would expect out of something that you would... Make in the 1950s. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's not like bad or stilted or weird enough to be ripped apart by those fucking little uh, robot jokesters on uh, mystery science fever yeah yeah it's not it's not bad it's not great. it's it's definitely not bad it's uh it's just but it, it's a, it's a breezy. There's, there's nothing crazy enough to stand out uh good performances yeah i yeah. thought john ireland especially was uh quite good as a rapscallion yeah miss malone was uh pretty good she was likable yeah considering she wasn't getting paid at all for it that's right. That's what you said. That yeah, she, she had left a... her agent recently, oh. so she did this picture next to nothing. And it was $50,000 budget. They had the cars, like, donated to them. Hmm. That's Corman, baby. Yeah, Corman was working his magic. He knew how to wheel and deal. He was out there trading titles for stock footage, and you know what? Shit pays off in the end. In the end, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it starts off with this, uh, uh, they're at this little roadside diner. Yeah, Malone pulls up. <laughs> she pulls up in her, it's like a Jaguar, but it kind of looks like a speed racer car. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like two-seater. Oh. <laughs> Man, there's something in my throat. Very long front on? end. Yeah, it's a long boy. Mm-hmm. And then there's this fucking fat bozo dude. Yeah, this fucking dildo gets out of his truck and just immediately tries to start hitting on her. Right, and he's like reaching into her car to open her door for her from the inside. Like, yeah. what, is, what is with these motherfuckers in the 1950s, dude? Well, that's I love because they go in and the waitress in the diner is trying to tell her that, like, you know, this town isn't safe at night for a for a lady on her own. Right, apparently it's not it's safe, not safe during, during the, the day. day. Yeah, dude, you got this fat neckbeard motherfucker coming up, like, reaching in your like, car, trying to fucking hit on you. The inventor of red pill, this fat guy. Yeah, and meanwhile, we find out this motherfucker's packing a gun, no less, in his pocket. Yeah, this, this guy man was a, pl- this an man unhinged was, madman. Yeah, he was yeah, aiming uh, for some rape, dude. Mm-hmm. This guy was gonna he fucking was the, rape. He was the Elliot Roger of the 1950s. Yep. <laughs> and... You know, why can't you be more chivalrous like the men of the 1980s? Yeah. Who, you know, create a woman in a lab yep. and treat her good, give her clothes. Yeah. Give her like a hot bikini and stuff. Yep. Make her look good and feel pretty. Yeah. But instead, 1950s guy, abusive, uh, immediately hates, Forceful. hates the woman uh, when she shoots him down. He's like, hey, I was just trying to hit on you, lady. And then he called her fucking awesome, cool-looking car a jalopy, yeah, which is very rude of him. Trust me, it's not a jalopy. Not that that car bit. is worth more than that fat mm-hmm. motherfucker will make in his life. Yeah, he's just a skeleton now, just a big, fat skeleton. Meanwhile, that car is probably a beautiful antique in a, a museum. Yep. Mm-hmm. So fuck you, fat guy. Yeah. And so eating at this diner is our boy, Mr. Webster. Mr. What was his first name? Frank Webster. Frank Webster. On the run, and they... They're talking about him, and they're hearing it on the radio, and they're like, this guy killed a truck driver, and now he escaped from a, a prison, and now he's on the run. And then uh, uh, the fat guy starts uh, talking to Webster. He's like, hey, where you headed, buddy? Webster's like, yeah, I'm just walking. And the uh, fat guy's like, hey, what's your name? And Webster gives him a fake name. What does he say, Bill Avery? Bill Bill Myers. Bill Myers. Yeah, and he keeps, in, well, he keeps insisting that he gives him a ride. Right. He's Bill Myers, and then he goes, where are you from? And he says, uh... El Centro. El Centro, and then the guy's like, oh, wait, isn't that where Webster's from? Yep. And then immediately pulls the gun on him. Yeah. Like, imagine if this was just some guy, like, minding his own business at the diner, and this fat fuck just comes in and pulls a gun on him, because you're from the same town as this criminal. And that really makes me question uh, Webster's abilities as a criminal. Yeah, he seems like a terrible criminal. Right. Uh, like, he, he had the wherewithal to come up with a fake a pseudonym. Well, it turned out it's not really such a fake name. It's, he uh, traded it with It's his... the name of someone who was in prison with him. So it's another criminal! <laughs> yeah, who's locked up behind bars. Right. Uh, so he's, he's too dumb to come up with a real fake name. Yeah. And then he tells the guy he's from the same place as the Webster man. Yep, as the criminal. How did you expect not to get caught? You fucking bozo. Yeah, he sucks. I mean, you would think a guy who fought in World War II, because that seems pretty heavily, like, hinted at, because he talks about he came back from the army and stuff. Yeah. So you imagine he probably fought in World War II, survived fucking, like, you know, the hell of Normandy, Mm -hmm. and this motherfucker's still too dumb to come up with, like, a convincing... This guy was, like, a fucking pencil pusher for the army. This guy was not on the front lines. I, well, I assume, uh, since he's a truck driver in real life, maybe he was a truck driver in the army. Yeah, could have been driving supplies. Yeah. It doesn't take, uh, the intelligence of a Columbia University postgrad to drive a truck. Believe me, I know from experience. It's true. Seen a lot of people drop out mm-hmm. and become truck drivers. Become truck drivers. They, they can't hack it at Columbia, at CU, as we call it. Yep. It's too uh, much for them. Right, they can't wrap their heads around some of the film theories that are uh, floating around up here at Columbia. Let me tell you, you get to finals week and you walk through the yep. halls and you just see these kids having mental breakdowns, mm-hmm. trying to skim for Adderall like fucking addicts. Yep, just crying in the corner, fucking yep. shaking. Yep. Uh, they, you know, they don't know the difference between uh, Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen. Exactly. You know? They can't tell them apart. They can't tell them apart. That's like one of the main uh, questions that I had on one of my finals. It was just a picture of the two Cohen brothers. And yeah, said, who's who? Right. Which one's married to Franny McDormand? Yep. Yeah. Both of them, apparently. Yeah, both. They share her. <laughs> like a weird science girl. Yeah, like a weird... They probably made her in a weird science. <laughs> in lab, a lab, The Cohen yeah. brothers. That's, they actually wrote weird science. <laughs> there it is. They wrote weird science and bad Santa. Yep. It's just crazy career. Um... 
I don't know why we elaborately recap the scene in the diner because the rest of the well, movie. Really, I don't think we're gonna. It really go sets step the step. it sets the pace for basically sixty minutes of nothing. Yeah, up till the race, it's a lot of. Uh, uh, I just, was I was engaged by the character drama between the the two leads. Yeah, Melania and Ireland. Right, but then the uh, the, the there's like a. Barely an investigation around them, and then there's all this. Oh, stuff these about police! The these police are fucking useless. They're bumbling oafs. Yeah, yeah. Well, sh- you know, since this was a black and white movie that was made in freaking ancient times, they should have had the Free Stooges in this. Yeah, they should have playing the cops. Right, would have yeah. been believable. Mm-hmm. Right, they pull up. Uh, hey, Mo, where's this guy's registration? Nyak, nyak, nyak. And then Moe's like, ah, and he slaps him in the head. They come to interview the woman, that the waitress at the diner, and they just poke her in the fucking eyes. Yeah. Fucking rubbing their bald head on people. So the thing that... Stomping in paint buckets. Exactly. And knocking, knocking crap over. See, the thing that we, we didn't talk about, though, is like, he pulls the gun on, on our hero here. Yeah. And then this man apparently has fists of fucking steel, mm-hmm. punches this dude in the head, and this man is unconscious well into the night because we see the police <laughs> interviewing him, and he is out. He is still out Like cold. half the movie, this guy is unconscious with his head wrapped up like an Osama turban. Yep. Uh, fucking got knocked out with this, uh, this punch of Ivan Drago strength, yeah. little yep. strength. Uh, knocked became clear, a mongoloid. Right, knocked him clear in the next week. The guy became a damn mongoloid. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't form a sentence. Right, all he could say was jag, jag. <laughs> the cops are like, what could that mean? <laughs> what could a jag be? What could a jag be? I don't know, maybe the famous car brand. Nope. We've been importing them ever since. Uh, and so this dude and this chick mostly just drive around. Yeah, he's trying to get to the border of Mexico. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take your car. And I'm going to take your pussy, and we're going to go. You're coming with me. Here's what I, I, I had trouble gathering. Um, why does he enter the race to drive to Mexico and not just drive to Mexico? I think because it's almost like he blends in, I guess. like. Oh, yeah. You, okay, you know what? Because there was that police checkpoint. And, yeah, they uh, don't have to go through border security. They're yeah, allowed to just okay. burn past uh, it. Just, just fly. Yep. Just whip in, in the wind. Which, I mean, he does anyway. Um. There is some commentary on sexisms, yeah, which makes this uh, puts this a lot in line with some of the uh, gender theory of the 1980s, where uh, they pull up to the race and the guy's like, "Hey, I'm gonna ride with this chick and she's gonna do the uh, qualifying run." Yeah, and the guy's like, "Sorry, this race is too dangerous for the ladies." They had a meeting last night and they banned lady Mm -hmm. drivers. Banned lady drivers. They're just not good enough. Yep. Uh, but the movie seems to come down critically on that uh, line of thinking because the lady is like, "Hey, what the what the hell?" But keep in mind, this is after he slaps the shit out of her and then, and then forces her himself yeah. on her. Yeah, and then she's like, "Hey, stop that!" But then a couple minutes later, they're laying in the woods together and uh-huh. stuff, and she's like, "I kind of like it here." They go to the shrieking shack, and he makes her shriek. Is that a Harry Potter thing? It is. The shrieking shack? <laughs> That's a Harry Potter thing. Okay. Is that like the steak shack? <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh. It's where this werewolf man goes to hide out while he's in werewolf mm. form so that people don't see him and he doesn't hurt anybody. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Lupin. Lupin the third. Yep. Um, uh, and then, uh, so they won't let the lady drive. And so uh, our hero, Webster, is like, I'll drive and I'll stick the lady in the trunk or whatever. She gives him a quick, like, one-lap uh, lesson on how to race the car. She's yeah. like, this man doesn't even know how to, like, shift properly. He's over here granny shifting. Double clutching. When he should have yeah, been double clutching. Exactly. I, I did note to you during this film that the this rally race is basically the OG race wars. Yeah. You got all these people hanging out, but it's all white people. Yeah. And, and one guy with a cool mustache, but I think he was white, too, under the mustache. See, this is back in the day where the white people mm. were racing down across the Mexican border. Right. And not vice versa. Right, yeah. And then uh, this is before Toretto came along and made it the multicultural ethnic uh, event that it, the fiesta uh, gala and equal opportunities exactly yeah one race one race production there are lady fucking racers in race wars yeah we let the ladies race we let them uh uh hector got a last name he can't pronounce it we let him race yep we let friggin probably han would have raced in race wars if he could have if he was allowed back into the united states 
I like to believe since since it's revealed that Dominic Toretto set set up Racehorse, created it with Letty, mm-hmm. and he knows Han. It seems from you know they have a history together. I always assumed we'll have to look into this when we rewatch the series, but I always assumed he met Han somewhere on the run in like uh, South America, like between films one and four. I guess, but then the thing is, is like he's from L.A. He gets buried in L.A. Right? Yeah. So it's almost, I like to think that after Maybe. Better Luck Tomorrow, right. he bumped into Dom, like, you know, they weren't like buddies, but they were like acquaintances, mm-hmm. probably went and raced in Race Wars a little bit. Or, like, maybe on the side of Better Luck Tomorrow, where we weren't seeing Han. Yeah, seeing yeah, us, he, like was, he was he down at Race Wars for the cool weekend. Took muscle car out and yeah. was driving around. And, uh, you know, then when Vin was on the, when, when Dom was on the run, that was when, uh... You know, Han came in clutch and probably helped him, and he's like, oh, yeah. we're brothers now. Like, Well, uh, somebody noted this on Han's, like, Wikia page, but at the end of Better Luck Tomorrow, he shaves his head, and then I think it's either in, like, Los Bandoleros or the beginning of Fast 4, he's got the short hair. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. It's supposed to be, like, a bridge right there, I think. So, yeah, he met up down in South America yeah. with him. We'll have, to, we'll have to keep an eye on that when we go back to it. Yeah, yeah, we, we need to we need to really dive into the yeah. Han history. This, if I were to... The uh, Han story. The Han, sto- Han story. Yeah. Um, if I were to juice up this movie, uh, The Fast and Furious 1955, that is, anyway, I would uh, use George Lucas style to uh, digitally insert characters from The Fast and the Furious into Yes, it. yes, go back and edit right. it. So it would be one of those things where, like, uh, they're, you know, they're driving around the rally race and then, like... In the corner of the frame, digitally pasted in, is like uh, Iggy Azalea drinking a Corona or mm-hmm. whatever. Or, uh, Michelle Rodriguez punching, punching Hector. Punching Hector, yeah. yeah. And Iggy Azalea as well, I yep. think. Yeah, why not? Beat up Iggy Azalea. Yeah, beat Iggy up. I don't know um, why she was there to begin with. Play, play her uh, fake butt like a bongo drum, like Donkey Konga. <laughs> she just fucking takes a knife and pokes it, and the, the fake butt juice just falls out. Yeah. It deflates. It deflates like a balloon. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool to see. I've never seen nothing before like that in my life. Yep. Um, but I'd like to. Who else Who else could, from the Fast franchise, could we digitally insert into this movie George Lucas style? You could put a wig on Vin Diesel and yeah. have him playing, like, his grandfather. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Because yeah. this does take place in Cali. Yep. They say that uh, he broke out of the prison near Coachella, I think. Yeah, near Coachella. Right. And so then there, this is, like, down near the border. Yep. And, uh... You could tie it in. It, you could, it could, absolutely. You could work the Toretto family into this. Um, gosh. Yeah, like, I guess he could be working on a car. Like, the guy pops his head out from under the hood. And, yeah, it could have been the guy who, like, couldn't race in it because he had an issue with the starter or whatever, right, and she yeah. borrows the car from him. Right, and then, uh, she's, she's like, thanks, what's your name? And he's like, oh... Giorgio Toretto. Yeah, exactly. He's like fresh off the boat. Right, right. Fresh off the boat onto um, Ellis Island West. Yep. Because they had they had an East Coast and Left Coast. Exactly. Um, sort of like East Coast and West Coast Avengers. Yeah. The Ellis Island to go through uh, the custom agents. Yep. And now here's the weird thing about this movie is uh, they the two finally fall in love, mm-hmm. which he just he just comes out and he's like I love you, damn it, like yeah. out of nowhere. Two two nights together where we were mostly just bickering and yelling, and at I was each slapping other, the and shit out of you. I guess he's super into that like confrontation style relationship. You yeah, know? he likes that she like gets back in his face. Right. You know, he probably would have found out some kinks for each other and been into like BDSM, probably or, like. Like, uh, he would have liked it if she smothered his face with her feet, mm-hmm. or maybe, like, some pee-pee play, or... Or he was like, yo, use this strap on and peg me, because that's what happened in prison. Yeah. Man. Yeah, he got fucked in the ass in prison, which yep. is what happens. It was hinted at. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, then, so they, they, ends up, he ends up, like, making her walk to this, this fucking shrieking shack. Mm-hmm. They bang. Mm-hmm. And then, the, it's the morning of the race... And he's like, oh, I love you. It's a shame we can't be together because, you know, the jury will never believe me. And then he just locks this bitch in there. Right. And dips out with her car uh, to go like, to the race. Peace. And what was her strategy to get out of this shack, Chance? She fucking starts a fire in this old, broken down wooden shack. <clears throat> like she was going to, like, have a controlled fire to burn the front door down right. so she could escape. This woman thinks she's on fucking Survivor Season 7. Yeah. Or season two, where that dude fell face first into the fire. <laughs> that guy, dude, that guy, he just got arrested a few years ago. He had a bunch of child porn on his fucking no! computer. Yeah. 
His name is Michael Scoopin. You know what? They should have left him in that fucking fire. Dude was a maniac. They should have. He was a maniac because remember on that season he also murdered a fucking warthog. Oh, yeah. painted his face with its blood. Yeah. So they should have known right there. That guy likes to fucking like, download fu- child pornography on fuck his it. Let him computer. Fuck it. Yeah. Let him burn. Yeah. Let him rot. Yep. Um, so she lights a fire in a fucking shed. Probably almost kills herself with smoke inhalation. Yeah. And this guy opens up the door and she's like, all right, long story. I gotta go. Yeah, she's like, can you get me to the race? Yeah, get me, get me down to that race. And so he takes her to a phone. And yeah. uh, she calls the 5 Right. And she's like, yo, the dude driving car number 55 is the criminal that you're looking for. Yes. And, yep, she just fucking ruins that man's day. Yeah. And then her ex-boyfriend, Fabian, who's a racer. That's right. He's, like, all about beating beating this man. Yes. In the race. And then uh, ends up fucking wrecking and going off a goddamn hill this off was the side a, of the this road. This was a nice circular moment of yeah, redemption. Yeah, came back to his yeah. story about how you the would... truck driver tried to run him off the road, mm-hmm. went off the road himself, and died. Right. He really was innocent. He was. Uh, he did not murder a man. The man murdered himself. Yeah, he was going against basically like big business. He was just trying to be a solo truck driver, mm-hmm. earn his own bread. And this man, this big fucking capitalist pig who had a fleet of fucking truckers, Decided, probably, fuck this shit. Probably the fucking bad guy from Joyride starring Paul Walker. Yeah, probably. He's coming after and going, candy cane. Yeah, it was his grandpa. Mm-hmm. It was, yes, that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Like, it's a web. It it's all ties all together. coming together. And so then, rather than keeping running from the police, he stops his car and runs down and pulls Fabian from the wreckage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, then she shows up. She apparently got there. She got from, like, fucking 98 miles away in fucking, like, five minutes. And she pulls up, and she's it's like... because she's a fast woman driver, she is. and they should have let her race. She's fast and furious. Yeah, she may have been the fastest, and the, she's the fast, he's the he's furious, because yep. he's so he's mad all the time, her up slapping people around, calling her whatever, calling her friggin' names. Yep. Being a... Uh, he's not being chill like the weird science guys, he's being a, a priggish pig. And then this movie kind of ends, like, oddly, abruptly... Well, that was the 50s for you. Where he just, he pulls this guy from the wreckage, she runs down, she's like, oh my god, you could have kept running, but you stopped and helped him, I knew Mm -hmm. you were a good guy. And then he's like, ah, this is only the beginning of our story. And they kiss, and we get a big, the end. Mm Mm-hmm. Slapped on the screen in black and white. That's it. You just have to... Like um, classic cinema. We don't need no denouements. We don't need mid-credit scenes. We don't need Avenger teases at the end. Nah, no post-credit shit. Right. And... (laughs) Frankly, that's the way films should be. You know what? I don't. I just want to see the chapter in the lives of these people. I've seen enough of their journey to know that they could have been a great couple afterwards. You yeah. Know? You this know, if he didn't get life in prison. Wrongfully accused truck driver and this... Because uh, he has no evidence to prove his case. Yeah, that's true. It mentioned that in the Rotten Tomatoes thing. It was like uh, finding evidence to free him. Of yeah, no. This guy, this guy is going to jail for a long happen, time. Right? <clears throat> Well, one of my um, favorite scenes is a fucking cop. They're they're driving around after like the qualifying lap, yeah. and this cop pulls up next to him. He's like, "Oh yeah, there's these two criminals, the man and a and a woman uh, driving a Jaguar. Uh, we yeah. think he might be hanging out around here. All right, see you later." And then wait, wait, but then he's like, "Oh, say you're driving a Jaguar? Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got it all laid out right there in front of you." And then he's just like, "All right, you folks, be safe." Like. So I, I think uh, we learned a lot in this movie. Uh, cops are stupid. Yep. Uh, ladies can drive fast. Yep. Uh, it, it's possible for an angry man to find redemption in the arms of a woman. Yep. And in the eyes of God. Yep. And that's all film theory stuff that uh, you could learn, too, at Columbia University. Yeah, you, you just... sign up for CU, mm-hmm. and we'll see you there. We'll see you there. Yeah, that's that's actually on the front of the brochure, and it's us pointing yep. at him. I'm it's... wearing my gold rim monocle. Yep, polarized. I got my, my smoking jacket with my goblet full of fucking <laughs> Stella. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And we're just pointing at you, and we're like, we'll, we'll see you there. Yep. Letter C and U. You just got to apply yourself in normal uh, gra- uh, normal undergrad school, mm-hmm. and then apply to post-grad school to become a doctor of film theory. And you can learn amazing stuff like this about movies, uh, yeah. finding the progressive uh, 1980s weird science-style politics in these ode, uh, sort of antiquated uh, movies from the first generation of films the 1950s. Yep. Back when the Three Stooges were running around, you know, being kooky, being zany. Poking eyes and stuff. Poking each other's eyes out. 
Marx Brothers were jumping around. Yep, doing uh, wild shit. I mean, it had a freaking crazy mustache, smoking a big cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, that cha- Chaplin, he had a crazy mustache. He fucked underage women, too. Yeah, and they were all in the 1950s. It does mention that on... Uh, this is probably the biggest, cleanest, neatest connection to the Fast and the Furious, is that, as we know, Paul Walker liked to fuck 16-year-olds. Yep. And John Ireland, apparently, when he was like 45... 45. ...dated a 16-year-old Tuesday Weld, who yeah. could be seen... In Michael Mann's Thief, if you'd like to see there a great performance by her. That crazy Canuck. Yep, that crazy. John from Ireland. Vancouver, He's from Vancouver. He's the first Canadian actor to be nominated for an Academy Award. Amazing. And you're learning so much about Look ancient films in this fucking podcast. Ancient cinematographers. <clears throat> Let's take a look at some uh, reviews on Letterboxd. There's no five-star reviews. You know, that's the new show I'm trying to get pitched to History Channel. I'm saying get rid of the ancient aliens. I want ancient, ancient cinematographers. Ancient cinematographers. Mat- yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the highest review of this is a three and a half star review from someone named Dustin. You Dustin said, uh, Cody. Uh, honestly, I mostly put this on so that I could only partially pay attention while I use the computer box. But I did watch the last 20 minutes very intently. Um, anyways, the stunt driving is pretty cool for the time and budget. A solid B-movie. Rather tame, really. And much prefer to Furious 7. Whoa, hold on there, buddy. Now, hold on, bucko. Now, we're not the biggest fans of Furious 7. Here. No, no, we, we're not. In fact, we ranked it dead last in our yeah. rankings, did we not? Yeah, it came in last place. But, at the end of the day, this is Pod Fast and Pod Furious. And we're talking about the real The Fast and the Furious, not this fake uh, old-time uh, bullshit. cartoon bullshit. Yep. Not this fucking Will Rogers serial bullshit. We're talking about where they do, like, like people are in cars driving them fast, and, and they're really doing yeah, it. Yeah, really doing it furiously. Like, this, I saw maybe uh, 20 seconds of cars being driven around by Roger Corman And the rest himself. is rear projection. Re- yep, just a guy driving in front of a fucking... Rear projection is what they uh, called uh, green screen in the 19, uh, 1950s. Yeah. 1900- sorry, they- the... The 1950s. Because their computers took up whole rooms, so they couldn't, like, dedicate one yeah, to a film movie. Exactly. And so, you know, they would just play footage mm-hmm. of drive-ins. And they would have the guy, you know, spinning a wheel in right of in front of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, three and a half stars from Adolfo. The original Corman film is campy and goofy and a lot of fun. Paul says, three stars, pleasantly grimy, even as it degenerates into a rote redemption narrative, with Dorothy Malone unpersuasively falling for grouchy kidnapper with a heart of gold, John Ireland. Well, hey, we like the redemption narrative, and we thought Dorothy Malone was very persuasive, Yeah, dude, honestly, Malone fucking crushed it. Yeah, we liked her. I bet she got signed by another agency right Mm -hmm. after this. They saw that, and they were like, this broad's unbelievable. This broad connect! Three stars, this is nothing like the modern Fast and Furious franchise. Well... Actually, it is. We found some connections it is. with Gregory because we're fucking film theorists. Truck bitch. drivers are loading up their guns. Yeah, there's yep. a whole cabal of truck drivers out there on the prowl yep. for outlaws. It's literally the connection is stated within the first ten minutes of yeah. this film. It was like boom. There's the guy who fucking shot Vince through his mesh tank top yep. with a shotgun. And guess what? Probably He's a that, neckbeard fucking red pill right, alpha. Douche. That guy's the grandfather of the guy who shot. Yep. Vince. Yep. There's also the guy in the truck who got killed by Webster, who was the grandfather of the guy from Joyride, mm-hmm. which is probably in the Fast and the Furious universe. Yep. It's gotta be. Yeah, I would I would agree. And the grandfather of Dominic Toretto, Giorgio Toretto, was working on in the, the cars yeah. at the original Race Wars. What evolved into Race Wars. Yep. Because Dominic Toretto invented the real Race Wars. Yeah, he saw pictures of his grandpa working at this this Mexico race. Right. And he was like, oh, we're going to do a race war. I got an idea for yep. this. I, have, I know how to spice this up. And lady, let's go to the desert. We're going to make it more family oriented. Yep. We're going to bring Coronas and get a drinking permit. And we're going to barbecue some chicken. Yep. Letty. Go get the charger. And whoever touches the food first has to uh, say grace. Yeah, that's a terrible rule. Actually, Colette here gave it three stars and said zero barbecues. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's fair. Well, that woman almost barbecued herself in that <laughs> fucking shed, so yes, that, that might have counted. <laughs> yeah, she uh, was, yep, she was almost the chicken. Yeah. Uh, at times it feels like it's going to transition to a rom-com road trip vibe along the lines of it happened one night, but it never strays too far from the core tone. I got a kick out of the fact that lady drivers were banned from the 
banned from the due to dangerous conditions, which is a sign of the misogynistic times. Yeah. yeah. Duly noted by us. Yeah, we already discussed it, ladies. Uh, and by the way, I never once got the impression that this film was about to turn into a road trip rom-com. <laughs> uh, maybe in the early goings, before they got to the, the rally. Oh yeah, when he was slapping the yeah. shit out of her. I watched this because it's short on Prime and has John Ireland, who I love now. Alright. Yeah, I agree. Uh, two and a half stars from someone. Not enough miniatures. I don't know where he could have used some miniature work in there. There was no need for miniature work. <clears throat> Passable Corman Chibi. Actually, they did have miniature of the car at one point. Oh, I yeah. That. There was one where it was coming around the turn or yep. something, and there was like a little doll in the car. That was great. Some great so dummy. actually, I do agree with that. Great dummy work. <laughs> Should have had some more dummies and miniatures. Uh, this guy, two and a half stars. No Paul Walker in this one, and for that I am grateful. Fuck these guys. Fuck you, guy. Fuck you, dude. Eat shit. Suck my dick. You know what, talking from the past to the future audience, that guy dies. Yeah. The guy who wrote that review, he's dead now. Mm-hmm. He died between us recording this and this episode releasing, and is mysterious, and they're never going to solve what happened to him. I had no hand in it. Mm-mm. Because we're, we're here. This is our alibi. Yep. We're always here. We're here dropping film theories, knowledges on we'll you. We'll never be here ever again. Um... So usually what we do, like I said, if you're new to this show, we have a little roundup at the end. We ask some superlatives. Uh, for example, I'll ask Chance, who was the hottest person in this movie? Oh, dude, uh, Malone. She really did it for me. Yeah, you liked her? You liked her I hairstyle? Did. I liked her hairstyle. I liked uh, her attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she, had was, a... she was saucy. She was a Ex- saucy dish. Exactly. She's a saucy broad, and I really I appreciate it. Well, you that. also liked that one woman that pulled up the darker hair. Oh, yeah, her friend that was yeah. like, yo, come party at my mm-hmm. place. Yeah. That was my kind of lady. Yeah. She just wasn't as hot as, as, okay, as Malone. So it was, it's all about looks for you, huh? Well, yes, who's the hottest? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Not who was the coolest. Yeah. Um, alright, well, I'm gonna go with John Ireland then. He was good looking. Yeah, the shirt popped open. Yep, towards, yep. Yeah, the leather yep. jacket. Exactly, yeah, I like the shirt popped open look. That Dope was lever. Cool. Um, cool leather jacket. Yeah, so, uh, I think I might go for that look and maybe I'll plow some chicks in 2019. That's, that's all you're missing, yeah. dude. You need a cool leather jacket. Oh, I need a leather jacket, yep. yeah. Cause I got, a, they I got, got great options on Amazon. I was actually looking up lever jackets, jackets the other night. I'll yeah. Have to check into it, man. I'll great be looking options. like, uh, true detective creator Nick Pizzolatto. Goddamn right. Yeah. Um, our second question is always, should the greatest actor of all time, rest in peace, Powers Booth, have been in this movie? And the answer is always yes. Always yes. Who should he have played in this film? This motion picture? This cinema event? You know, because it's 55, so I'm picturing like a younger Booth. Like, uh, uh, the, the, what was the Louisiana movie we watched? Southern Comfort. So, like a Southern Comfort age Powers booth. Yeah. Uh, the other racer, Fabian or whatever. Oh, yeah. He, he was kind of a dork. I would have just thrown Powers booth see, into the main role. Well, see, but I thought he could have been cool. He could have brought some, like, edge to that uh, guy where I'm like. Made him a little more dangerous and believable yeah, in the race at the end. Exactly. Like, is this guy actually going to pull this off and, like, fuck our Webster guy up? Yeah. Exactly. And, like, okay. I could believe that Powers could, booth was railing that, yeah. out Dorothy. Yeah. You know? Right, yeah, that guy wasn't really believable. Yeah, that guy wasn't getting any pussy. Yeah, that guy. He's a schmuck. Not in 2019, that's for sure. No. Because he's probably a ghost now. (laughs) Uh, He's number bones. And our final question, as always. Out of six Coronas, a full six-pack, how many would you award to the 1955 version of The Fast and the Furious? You know, I'll give it a 2.5. Yeah, yeah. It was it was easy breezy. Like yeah, I mean the fact that it was seventy two minutes yeah. that did not hurt We're at all. In and yeah. out, in and out, in and out. Hello. Like you're gonna be this year. Hello, my baby. <laughs> Hello, my honey. Hello, oh, my, my ragtime gal. gal. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Fine, two and a half sounds good to me. Um, next week I have an idea for a film to watch. All right, lay it on me. Uh. 1987. Ooh, how are we connecting an 87 film? Oh, baby. As soon as you hear this, you're going to be saying, what? This sounds familiar. Young police officer Benji Taylor, played by D.B. Sweeney. Okay. Of uh, Fire in the Sky fame, is assigned a case that has him working undercover to insinuate himself into the good graces of an auto theft ring. Okay. To his surprise, he becomes friends with the head car thief, Ted Varick, played by Charlie Sheen. I'll be damned. Worse, 
He also falls for Ted's seductive sister, Anne, played by Laura Harris. Soon, Benji begins to lose focus of the line that separates cop from crook and starts stealing expensive automobiles alongside the criminals he was sent to monitor. Oh! Yeah! That is the Fast right? and the Furious! Right? That's 19... I've never seen this. 1987. Um, written by Dick Wolf. Created oh, Law and fuck Order. yeah! Dick Wolf. Uh, directed by someone named Peter Werner. I don't recognize that name. As a film theorist, I should, but, uh... You know, maybe he was a one-and-done uh, type of guy. He's a television guy, okay. Okay, that's why. He's not film. Right. He, he did No Man's Land, he Night of the Huntered it, and then he got out. He yep. was like, I made my masterpiece. Oh, Randy Quaid's in it. Oh, Holy fuck, shit. yes! Alright, this this sounds like it'll fucking rule. I can't wait and to that's, see this. That is literally the plot of The Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's straight amazing. up, yeah. So um, they, they redid this script and took the title from the movie that we're discussing today. It, that's what it seems. I mean, uh... There's a, at least judging from that summary, it's at least a cosmetic. Uh, you know that that and Neil guy. It's called No Man's Land. Did I mention the name? Yeah, No okay, Man's Land, and it takes place, I believe, in Los Angeles as well. I mean, I've lived in L.A. It is a No Man's Land. Hello, hello. Oh, music by Basil Polidoris, Conan. Okay, Conan Robocop. Yeah. Oh, this was an Orion Pictures. Oh man, this is gonna be sweet. Look at this poster, dude. Look at Sheen. Oh my god. Look the... at this fucking dude. look at the palm trees. Uh-huh. Oh, this is beautiful. That okay. kind of like uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like not outrun, but uh like a vapor wave. Yeah, sort vapor of thing. wave, yeah. thank you. Oh yeah. yeah. That'll be sweet, man. I can't wait to get on that. That'll be cool. And then I was thinking the week after that, gotta do point break. Yeah. I mean, I, right? It's that is like when we rewatched Fast and Furious One right, at the beginning, this, this is exactly in the Point first Break, episode. I brought it up, but No Man's Land four years before Point Breaks. So we'll yep. see, man. We'll see. We'll 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 notch the. Uh, it's all these inspirations right. that led us to. We'll, we'll clock the similarities on the run up to the Fast and the Furious, and then in a couple of weeks we'll redo the Fast and the Furious. We'll take a look at it. Maybe man. we'll. Uh, We'll juggle some things. We'll do our film theorist things. Uh, yeah. uh, Submit it as our, our master's thesis for our doctorate degrees. Yeah, because it's all these all these films mm-hmm. that led to the greatest franchise of cinema in, history. In the history of film. Yep. God. I'll oh, be damned. What a rush. What a start to 2019. Wow. Yeah. Off new I'm, us. I know. My feet are spinning like Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm so excited to my get to this. My dick could not get harder. I wish we could just watch No Man's Land now, but we gotta wait. We gotta, gotta wait. wait. Seven days, you know? It's, it's, it's like all the about, ring. It's all about patience and about building to that cum shot. Yep. Ladies, gotta build to it. Ladies, again, call me. Me. Myself. I've been Davis. I've been Chance. This has been Podfast and Pod Furious. See you in seven days. Salute. Me familiar.